welcome to the Vital Goddess Podcast, where we explore an empowering and sexy reframe on midlife, menopause, and beyond. I'm your host, Diane Shepard, certified holistic sexuality coach with a specialty in the Taoist jade egg practice and a passion for lifelong vitality. I call midlife and menopause the passion portal an initiation into the most vital, creative, and sexiest chapter of a woman's life, if we choose it. And we have a lot more agency than we've been led to believe. You see, from the Taoist perspective, your sexual energy, also known as your libido, is not just about sex, it's the foundation of everything. Your mental and physical health, your creativity, and so much more. It's your personal holy grail your personal wellspring of vitality, and midlife is the perfect time to tap into it. I offer a mind, body, spirit, and trauma-informed perspective on Taoist and Tantric practices that support you in reclaiming your pleasure, unleashing your inner goddess, and aligning with your true desires so that you can rebirth your life and rock your third chapter like a queen. If you're done feeling like you're being put out to pasture, you are in the right place. I have a hunch that you're just getting started. The best is yet to come. You see, we're in the midst of a renaissance here. A new way of being human on the planet is emerging, and reclaiming our sensuality has everything to do with it. I believe that turned-on, seasoned women will lead the way in creating a new world where everyone gets to thrive. These are no ordinary times, and you, my friend, are no ordinary woman. I am so glad you're here. Welcome to the show. Well, hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. Always such an honor and a privilege to have you here. I know there's a million other things you could be doing with your time and energy, but I am just so honored that you are tuning in once again. And if you're brand new to The Vital Goddess, brand new to my world, Big welcome to you as well. I'm thrilled that you're here giving this a try, checking this out to see if it's a good fit for you. And we have a very special episode for you this this week. I have my colleague and good friend, Kelly Sterling, in the house. And Kelly is going to be in great conversation about things I know that you'll be interested in. Kelly is a life transitions coach. She's based in Melbourne, Australia. And in her practice, she offers a somatic approach with a focus on trauma resolution. Kelly's a wife, a mom to two beautiful boys. She's an artist, an oil painter. She's also a cancer survivor, avid gardener, and a crazy obsessive reader. Love that. (laughs) (laughs) Kelly is... A certified developmental coach and Vita sexuality, love, and relationships coach, majoring in women's empowerment. She has postgraduate qualifications in complex change and develop and adult, sorry, adult development. Kelly has been an executive coach for 12 years and has had a private practice as a somatic-centered life transitions coach for three years. She offers one-on-one coaching, online training programs. And she also offers somatic experiencing sessions to women going through various life transitions. Kelly, it's so great to have you here. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. It's absolutely a pleasure to be able to sit and have a chat with you. Oh, awesome. (laughs) Well, I guess what I really, there's so many things that we could talk about, um, but I guess I'd really love to kick it off talking about 
this whole midlife journey, right? Mm. <laughs> this midlife transition and the changes that most people are not talking about. I think this is one of your areas of genius. So I would love to just open it up um, to you on that note. Yeah, sure. I think, you know, one of the the sad things about this transition is it's become really pathologized. So we we sort of look at physical symptoms only and we've never really been educated uh, or focused. There's no focus on education about our bodies and hormones. And so obviously when hormones start to change as they're winding themselves down, um, our body can get a little out of whack pretty easily because our endocrine system, our autonomic nervous system, um, metabolic functions, it's all intertwined. And so sometimes those feedback loops, because they're all talking to each other over time, right. um, they can get, the feedback loops can get a little crazy. And that all happens in the HPA axis, which is this hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. So to the adrenal glands, pituitary glands and the hypothalamus, which is part of your brain and really responsible for regulating a lot of the processes and rhythms in the body. Mm -hmm. And it's simple, you know, simply sometimes that regulation can impact us physically, can impact us emotionally because our autonomic nervous system is responsible for a lot of the behaviours and the emotions it, that we express. Um, and sometimes it can bring old trauma up. So when we have big changes to our endocrine system, which happens in um, postpartum or birth experience, that birth experience, it happens in perimenopause, and it just can happen when we're really stressed because stress impacts on our hormones. Yeah, sure. It can bring up old trauma that, but particularly what we would call in the somatic experiencing world that we were undercoupled from. So that's trauma where we're disassociated. And that's a, a big reason why I think a lot of females experience that anger or big sadness or mm -hmm. frustration because let's face it, pretty much most of us grew up not having a good relationship with anger. It's not something that is, you know, allowed to be expressed. A lot of us, you know, we were shamed from toddler years basically for having tantrums, right? So everyone has anger issues regardless yeah, of their absolutely. gender. Mm -hmm. A lot of us have, you know, grew up in places where we couldn't, couldn't express our sadness or we don't know how to be with the feeling of those emotions in our body. So you're not going crazy. It's just this is what happens. And, and in a way, you know, I look at it from an opportunistic perspective and just marvel at the human body and its incredible intelligence and the way that it knows it wants healing. Like it always is looking for healing. So right. I think it's really important for all of us to, you know, be able to deal with this stuff that's coming up for us so that we can set ourselves up to live well in the second half of our life. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that totally mm -hmm. makes sense. I love your approach of, um, you know, viewing in this, uh, these challenges, these, you know, transitions we go through as opportunities, right, to do that healing work and absolutely 
Uh, when I tune into your work, it totally makes sense that, um, you know, even old childhood traumas would be coming up during yeah. a, mid a midlife transition um, yeah. and even beyond that, like as I just turned 60. So I'm going into, we'll talk more about this in a moment, but more of an elder transition. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like, wow, this is a wild ride that I did not see coming. I wish I was tuned yeah. in to the, yeah. the, the stages, right, more because, and it, it was great. I mean, it's an interesting journey. And yeah, yeah, really old stuff, you know, came up and old emotions that I thought I'd processed, mm -hmm. you know, 40, 50 years ago. It was, it was mm. amazing. Yeah. One thing that I've noticed, I was talking to a colleague about this yesterday who uh, we grew up in the same town, like we've just sort of met and get along quite well and talking to a friend about it last night is, you know, a lot of us have teenagers or, you know, young or young adult children, you know, and at every stage as a parent, our younger parts of self get triggered at the stage that the child is. So if there was something when we were three and we've got three-year-olds, sure enough, it'll trigger it. Mm -hmm. And I think for a lot of women, you know, their sexuality in their teenage years where maybe we had to do a lot of fawning just to stay safe and survive, yeah. or we did a lot of avoidance or all that gets triggered um, often in the midlife stage in the perimenopause years. And then you're in a house with teenagers, right? So they're going to trigger it as well. Wow. And so we're at a time where, you know, our sexuality, like I think the midlife challenge is is radical honesty right the developmental challenge love that okay for all genders b it's let's get real yeah like where are you at at this point in your life and so a lot of us then unconsciously our sexuality just comes up in our face and we are faced to be you know it's like let's get real about where it's at and what do you really want actually you know, and we have this, yeah. yeah, a lot of us, it's like a yearning or a longing deep inside of us. We just know that we just want it to be different or we just know that it could be so much better. And yeah. it's really hard to articulate it. I, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Oh, absolutely. Yes. It's this kind of yearning for more, I always say, yeah. you know, and most women come to my work wanting more and they're like, I'm not sure what it is, but I know I have a hunch there's something I just know. more. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so at the same time, what I've noticed is a whole lot of people's teenage stuff, their yeah. trauma <laughs> you could, around you could it. Say it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it doesn't have to be big T trauma, right? It's just right, like right. our body keeps the memory mm -hmm. of everything, right? Yeah, absolutely. That comes up at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so it's like we feel a bit between a rock and a hard place sometimes because we're like, I'm trying to like grow here, but this old stuff just keeps coming up all the time. Yeah, for sure. Well, when you think of it through that hormonal lens and how, you know, oh, well, actually, because my hormones are changing, it will bring up, well, that makes so much sense, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It really does. And, um, you know, I came of age in the 70s, 1970s, where the climate, say, in, in um, the typical school was really almost, I mean, very invasive for yeah. folks in a female body where it's like we're coming of age and oh my gosh, it did not feel safe, you know, <laughs> just getting through the hallway. You just had to really protect yeah. yourself. Just getting, getting to class seemed like such a challenge to, to keep yeah. yourself safe. And you'd always travel in packs, you know, they'd always say, why are girls always in groups? And well, we're trying to protect ourselves. Trying you know? to protect ourselves. Yeah, You know, the, the smarty pants, teenage boys who've got a remark for everything, which is their defensive pattern as well. Right, But, right. you know, like it's just, 
it's yeah. you know as you and I were just talking about it's brutal because you know I've got teenagers and you've been through that so you yeah, know yeah. but the other really cool thing that comes up around sexuality that no one talks about and you and I have talked about is how your kundalini energy changes direction in your body oh let's talk and about I, that <laughs> yeah I was feeling it so yeah. I've done a re- bit of research about this and not many people talk about it but the, there's some smart women out there that do So my personal experience, uh, so I've been postmenopausal for nearly two years now and my menopause transition has been interesting because I've been perimenopausal for quite a few years and I got cancer. So I got put into like a temporary menopause because of the chemo drugs and then my period came back and then I sort of went back on my own journey. And I, of course, am just really aware of the energy in my body because of, you know, our training, Diane, and what we've learned. But also when you go through a cancer treatment, like it's kind of insane on your nervous system. So you're very aware of everything. Um, Anyway, I, so just to explain it, you know, a younger girl, your life force energy, your kundalini energy kind of goes around your body. And then when we start menstruation, it comes up from the ground into the uterus and then we bleed every month and then it drops back down again. Right. And when we uh, pass through and we hit that 12-month period with menopause, it just goes up from the ground straight up. So I was noticing um, I have been, obviously I'm a somatic experiencing practitioner in training. I've been doing a form of chiropractory called network, which is very much works with the energy systems of your body. Like I've been a receiver of that for 20 years, works really Mm. well for my body. And I said to my chiro um, not so long ago, we were talking and I said, "Uh, like I have so much congestion in my legs. There's a lot of trapped energy in there. I've noticed my kundalini energy has changed in my body. Help me. I'm, you know, like. I just, what, what am I going to do? Right. And I was feeling very heady. Like I was feeling very, um, like I had a lot of energy in my sort of third eye area and around Mm, my throat. Yeah. And he's like, he, like, he got so excited. (laughs) No one ever talks to him about this. He's like, yes, yes. Yeah. Cool. I'm glad you're noticing this. And yeah. And yeah, I'm feeling your heart space really open up and all your wise woman energy come in. I'm like, yes, totally coming in. I absolutely love it. Um, anyway, I could feel it, right. I could feel it in my Mm. body. Anyway, so he, he uh, if you haven't done network before, they work on pressure points on your nervous system and your body basically unwinds itself. But um, he, he did an adjustment on me and he said, I've just completely opened you up at the top and it'll just all, and then, you know, everything just kind of started flowing. So it was just kind of a little, wow. little higgledy-piggledy in there. It just needed a bit of a rewire. Anyway, yeah. we had a really good conversation about it and I said, you know, why? I mean, obviously you're dealing with this in women all the time. People don't talk about it because there's so much shame around menopause, but obviously I'm totally down for it because <laughs> I work and he just, he laughed and he's like, yeah, yeah. So what you're feeling is just that energy was just getting trapped because we just got to open up the pathways yeah. and it's like a new direction. And I felt, you know, and I feel good. I feel so much better. And I, yeah, I just have more energy as well Mm. so I think when we 
don't when we're not aware of our energy in our body our life force energy and being able to feel it or even if we are to know that this is a thing it's a good thing it's a really like, good thing why, why am I feeling like this yeah mm-hmm. and to be okay with it yeah so yeah. so yeah that's one of one of the other things that no one talks about oh my gosh I know that was so my experience as well it's like I always say like my relationship with my sexuality really started when I was starting to go through menopause it was you know apart from other symptoms I was having or whatever it was just more about this wow what is this energy coming up and the more I researched it I was like could feel it it could be overwhelming right which so much um so much to tap into it ladies tap in yeah please tap into it (laughs) there's so much there it's that we can tap into to again set you up set you up for amazing third chapter yes yes it's your birthright i know it's we say that all the time and yet it's so true and um i think we're really steered away from it you know in terms of the cultural narrative of like oh you're being put out to pasture and all that kind of shit i'm like are you kidding me (laughs) yeah right so so many women feel phenomenal. Yeah. Right. And I think, yeah. you know, you do have to make some changes. Like I've noticed I just need more rest. Mm. Um, and I, I have periods where I'm like, oh, I didn't get enough sleep last night. Mm-hmm. So, or I didn't sleep super well. So I'm going to do a yoga nidra today for just 15 Love minutes. It. Right. So it's just that taking care of yourself eating properly you know I'm not saying you have to go on a really restrictive diet but just yeah you might have to give up wine you might have to give I you know processed sugar it gives me night sweats I want to sleep Mm. easy you know but I still have a gelato once a week I love ice cream (laughs) 100% (laughs) one of the things I hear you say often that I always love when you say this is that rest is an erotic practice rest is part of your erotic practice I believe that for myself (laughs) yeah and I think also, so, it, you know, we talk about resourcing yourself in somatic experiencing, having a resource, right, is a big part of mm-hmm. um, learning how to regulate when we're in the throes of the nervous system and working through trauma. So being well resourced in general, having enough sleep, eating good food, you know, it gives you good energy, making sure you're drinking mm-hmm. a lot of water, yeah. Learning techniques to manage your stress levels, I think, are really important. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have good conversations with people when you're not well-resourced. You don't have good interactions. You're not your best self. If there is conflict in the family or with a friend, it's hard to be have a conscious, constructive adult conversation when mm-hmm. you are exhausted, depleted, mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. of the above. So there's help that. But then there's like thinking, well, I don't want to feel like having sex when I'm completely wrecked, right? Mm-hmm. So being resourced is is about taking care of your nervous system. It's like, you know, my body is the home that I live in. This is my mm-hmm. home. I live here in my body. And how do I look after her and, you know, give her good food so she's got good energy and fuel and, you know, eating can, can become like a central practice, I think, Diane. Like, oh, yeah. I kind of get off on like all the, <laughs> the good food that I make and just <laughs> loving the tastes and the smells and, you know, really getting into it and 
Yeah, another thing for me through this midlife and my husband's joined me is we've just become really strict around our sleep, like in regulating our body mm. and both just like, so, you know, we go to bed at 9.30 because we know that's our sweet spot. Yeah. We get up at 6, we go for a walk together, but we just feel so much better. We talk better. We have more fun together. We're better parents. You know, the sex life is better because because we're well-resourced, Yeah. right? And so that's why I say rest is part of your erotic practice. And also if you're still menstruating, still having your period, like we, our bodies are not designed to be on 24-7. Oh, I love, yeah. Women the whole are cyclical creatures. Uh, the world that we work in is insane. We are working to working hours that were designed in the 1850s right? The 40 hour work week. It's really outdated. I don't know what the solution is to that, but the workplace in, in most countries, particularly in the Western world, does not suit the cyclical nature of women's bodies. And so, so many women push through their period week, like when they are exhausted. I was talking to my, I, I do Pilates, you know, for my pelvic mm-hmm. health care. And um, the lady who takes it's an exercise physiologist. We were talking yesterday morning. I had a session. She said, I can tell when someone's, you know, where they are in their cycle because when they're ovulating, they are like Amazons and they can yeah. like lift and do stuff. <laughs> and when they're menstruating, they're tired and they need yeah. something different. Yeah. And so honoring your rhythms and even like you and I are postmenopausal, but we still have like, I'm in a down, I'm in a tired week now. Right. Thank um, you. Thank you for saying last that. Last week, yeah. full <laughs> yeah. moon, full moon. I was like oh. working out every day. <laughs> this week, okay. I'm like, I need to rest this yeah. week. Mm. Okay, I'm not doing a hell of a lot. I'm with you. I took um, a, a nap today on the couch, which I don't do often. But yeah, this week, woof, <laughs> I think we, we had the, the eclipse as well and the full moon. I think it just, white, everyone yeah. I know is like, why am I so tired? And yeah, we're, we're yeah. connected to all of it, right? We're going to feel all of we're it. We're all connected. It. And so, yeah, so rest yeah. is part of it. And mm-hmm. I even say this to mums who are postpartum, like mm-hmm. you've just taken nine months to, birth, to grow a right. baby. Like it's going to take nine months to recover. So if your partner, you know, is amorous, well, and he wants you to recover or she wants you to recover, well, rest is part of your writing practice. You take the baby while I have a sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Like you've just got to, you've got got to do it. And so, you know, if you don't have the time because you're working or you've got kids or whatever. So I talked about yoga nidra, like, which is really great. Mm. And it's sort of like a really restorative yoga practice. I just go to YouTube. There's a couple of people I love and I just do 15 to 20 minute sessions. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. We'll, we'll link that in the show notes too. Like maybe your favorite one. Yeah. There's something about that yoga nidra, isn't there? It's just, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've only known about it for the last, I've been doing yoga for 30 years, but I really only got mm-hmm. into it about eight years ago. And then mm-hmm. for me, I have to do it in the mornings. Otherwise, I don't sleep properly at night. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, if I don't sleep well and I'm up at five or something, I find by about 10, 30, 11, I just do 15 minutes and I'm good for the rest of the day yeah. if I need to. Otherwise, I just go and have a nap in the afternoon if mm-hmm. like in between. In between clients, I'll go yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It kind of brings me into this like kind of almost a lucid dreaming state and where yeah. I'm not like really yeah, yeah, yeah. sleeping, but 
insights come in. It's really, it's fascinating. Great way to restore. Love that. I do fall asleep sometimes, but anyway. Sometimes I do. Yeah. I used to teach it in the yoga studio I worked in and it was so funny because you'd hear a lot of people starting to snore. It was cute. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm still reading the script and they're just like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, let's talk a little bit about um, mm, emotions, like emotional intimacy with ourselves, Mm. right? That seems like such a practice as well. Mm. To me, it feels like such an erotic practice, actually, like really yeah. getting in tune. I'd love to hear your thoughts around not just processing yeah. emotions. That almost sounds too mechanical. It's more of like, to me, it feels like an intimacy getting in relationship with or. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of the work that I, I do a lot of inner child work and shadow work with people. Mm-hmm. It's kind of one of my sweet spots, I think. So a big part of that is building this emotional connection and intimacy with your emotions and again I think in doing that there's a lot of unpacking to be done around what we learn through our family system about being having emotions Mm -hmm. and also if our parents could support us when we were emotional and then there's the whole cultural and overlay that we grew up in um so you know, I grew up, yeah, like I, 70s, 80s, yeah, just pick yourself up and keep on going. You know, very tomboyish, a lot of sport. Probably wasn't cool to be like super emotional. I think emotions are messengers, right? They're always sending us a message. And like I said, it, it, our autonomic nervous system really drives a lot of that. Mm-hmm. It gives us awareness of the state of our body, mm-hmm. and they're 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 very important. And so those really base survival emotions like anger and frustration, which help us stay safe, to tell people to back away when our boundaries mm-hmm. are being um, infringed upon. And you, when you shut one emotion down, you shut them all down. You don't get to choose, right? Because you're you're wiring your nervous system to this. So coming back into relationship with them and learning to love them and be with them, like they're telling you something. And I saw this really cool post probably on Instagram the other week and it was like mm-hmm. emotions are like good house guests. They come, they stay for a little bit of time and then they leave, which is true with the yeah. exception of grief, right, which comes and goes over periods oh, and in yeah. waves. Mm-hmm. That's a great so, segue into that. I'd love to talk yeah, about Yeah, yeah, let's talk about grief. It's one of so, your areas so of genius too. It is one of my areas of genius. But I'll just I'll sort of finish that little thought with this. Mm-hmm. It's so important in midlife to be to listen to all that stuff that's coming up for you, if it's anger or grief or sadness, yeah. and learn to... Feel safe in your nervous system. And this is where I do a lot of somatic work with people to Mm -hmm. be with that emotion Mm -hmm. because our nervous system will be wired to like pull away. For example, a lot of women are angry criers, right? So we can't hold the charge of anger in our body and the freeze response kicks in, which is the tears. So what we want to learn is to be able to like keep going through that because there's a beautiful discharge on the other side of that. Right. And when we hold it, can hold our anger in our body, like not repress it mm-hmm. or not become the anger. Mm-hmm. It's like, it feels, I'll tell you what it feels like in my body. Like I feel my whole core engage and my feet in the ground and it's, I feel powerful. 
Mm. Right. And I think this is a really important, these emotions are so important for two reasons. One, when we become postmenopausal women, wise women, we need to be able to have good relationships with our emotions so we can hold space for others, right? As the wise women. But the wise woman, you know, she gets, she's calling out for stuff in society that people aren't paying attention to mm-hmm. or the stuff that like the cultural stuff that mm-hmm. you know is is not right that people have their blinkers on about or that that sense of belonging that cult cultural mm-hmm. acclimatization that happens where people just say nothing and right that's what why that's what postmenopausal women like that's our job right to kind of yeah. pull the bullshit of the world out Something you said in a recent thing that I just saw um, or heard, listened to, you said something about estrogen being the hormone of, is it appeasement or? It, it's Yeah. It's like we put our rose colored glasses on, right? Yes. And then the veil drops and it's like, oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. And, and then okay we say stuff. That. And I'm we say okay. stuff. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. And, and you know, to be frank, you need a lot of estrogen when you're a mother. Otherwise you would go insane. Uh, yeah. Like, so let's to... not like let's honor it for what it gets <laughs> oh, of us course, to. of course, yeah. But but also like, you know, you sort of st- it gives you a bit of a reality check when it starts to sort of come down mm-hmm. a little bit. And yeah. so yeah, if you have this honest, grounded relationship with your anger, you know, you can say, hey, this is not on. I need this to change. It helps you speak mm. your desires. It helps you enforce yeah. your boundaries. It's super mm. important. Mm. So so yeah, I think. This transition is a really big part of that. Like, is like, okay, let's let's heal that and mm. be able to be with the feeling of it mm. um, and be okay with it. Because when we can hold space for our own emotions, we can we're great with other people. Absolutely, absolutely. And I love how you brought in desire. When, you know, a teacher of mine years ago, when I was going through the menopause transition, she said, "Rage is passion without a place to play." Yes. You know, and so like what is you know, what's the message? Like you said, they're messengers. I love that. And like, where's the treasure under this rage? What, what is it that you want? What yes. Do you want? What do you want? Like we know what you don't want. <laughs> you yeah. Know, it's a wonderful excavation, you know, great thing to journal on. Anyone listening. There's always it's something just, beautiful on the yep. other side. Always. Um, feel it, unpack it. Yeah. Move it through the body. Yeah. I love An it. amazing inside and like, oh, okay. Yeah, Uh, that's what's really behind all of this. Yeah, and then you have Um, this kind of the juice to kind of go make things move forward, make change, make the change, give it, give it voice, take action, whatever that looks like. Yeah, yeah. So, so with grief, maybe it's a good time to go into that. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, grief is a really important part of every transition. So the way that I, you know, I think we, we've we grown up with a level of understanding that we only grieve when someone dies, which is kind of crazy because relationship breakups we have grief about, whether it's a friendship or an intimate partner. And a lot of us have grief when we go through these life transitions. And what I realised probably about 12 months ago in terms of the role of grief is it's I feel like the tears of our grief are like the lubrication that, help us let go of old parts of ourselves that we don't need anymore so that we can birth new parts of ourselves because that's what happens in transitions. Wow. 
So mm, I love that so much. Lubrication, because it does feel like, like the water element. Almost. It's the water it's like of a, it. Yeah. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. And it's so, you know, and like I learned this of Francis Weller. I did a, a, you know, I've read a lot of his stuff, done a course with him, going to do more courses with him. He, he says, you know, grief, like we're like five-year-olds with grief in the Western world. We really haven't been told to, taught how to deal with it. It's true. Um. And grief is a really big part of elderhood as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with elderhood, you know, we don't become an elder just because we get older. Like it's a developmental stage as well. And a lot of it's about learning to really trust and surrender. Mm. That's the developmental challenge of elderhood. And the world kind of needs a whole lot of elders to be able to hold space yeah. for other people's grief. And so as Francis Weller says, you know, in that context, you know, there's a lot of sadness in the world at the moment about the state of the world. And so how mm-hmm. can we hold grief in one hand and gratitude in the other? You That's know, beautiful. So a lot of this midlife transition is about us making space, you know, just deal with this old stuff. Let this trauma come through, process it. Yeah, I'm going to make friends with my emotions. Mm. As I'm moving to this stage in my life, you know, I'm getting honest with like, who am I? Who am yeah. I really? And when you know yourself, you can make that transition into elderhood. Like it's tough, but it's a bit easier. Mm-hmm. But we, you know, we can't do grief on our own. We need to have a guide. We need to do it in community. And so as we think about where we are in the world and, you know, you and I look at it and go, oh, like there's all this, a lot of tough stuff going on. Mm-hmm. We need the elders. We need the wise women to be able to hold that space. Um, and this is, you know, this midlife through the elderhood. It's like emo- we're transitioning into emotional adulthood. This is what emotional adulthood is all about, is wow. being able to take up these roles. Oh, I love that so much. Um, yeah, right. And a lot of it is about that emotional intimacy and doing the the somatic healing to clear any emotional blocks that might be blocking. So you say, can hang so with them and see, be with yeah, it. Be with it and like process your own stuff and not process, but yeah, we're be with it. <laughs> and um, and also to allow that kundalini to flow so that you have the, the life for <laughs> life force energy let it flow yeah to don't be want that it to elder get stuck. yeah mm-hmm. yeah be yeah. that elder be a you know oh, i'm triggered my nervous system is really triggered like being able to soothe yourself manage yeah. your own stresses mm. being aware being able to like this emotional intimacy you're talking about you know having conversations with your partner this is how i'm feeling right now yeah. You know, yeah. like we have much better constructive conversations when we can witness each other, be with each other, mm-hmm. be aware of our emotions, not project them onto everyone yeah. else. Right, right, right. It's like, yeah, I am, you know, I'm, I'm angry. And like your partner could just be like, oh, yeah, that's, you're, you're angry <laughs> rather than it's all your fault that I'm angry. And this is why, yeah, because yeah, 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 you yeah, did this yeah. thing 20 years ago and it did it, you know, whatever. You know, kind of yeah. Thing Cause that, you couldn't speak what you desired at the time. Right. 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 You and didn't some, know how to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'll, I'll give you an example, like just using grief. Like I had one of my uncles passed away in August and he'd been mm. well for a long time. He had cancer. Mm. And um, so one of the things about grief to remember is that, Praise is the comp, like praise helps us process grief. And um, 
it's grief is about we've lost something that we love, right? Mm. So it makes sense that we feel like that. Anyway, yeah. Um, when he died, I remember I think he died on the sort of Tuesday or Wednesday. I was like busy with work, mum, you know, trying to work out what was going on. And on the Friday, which I always have Fridays off, it's my rest day, and it was August here, so it was really cold and windy. Excuse me. My, you know, I just felt it mm-hmm. in my body. And my husband just, you know, he looked at me and said to me, what do you need? I said, oh, my God, my heart is so heavy. And I just let myself be with that. And I said, you know, I just want to lay on the floor, like be on the earth. Not really, like the house is about three feet above the earth, but you get the picture. And just lay on the ground, put a blanket over me, laid next to the heater, um, the fire, and Mm. read a book. And just was very quiet. I said, that's what I have to do today. It's like, will you do that? And, yeah, we're working from home. Obviously, everyone still works from home. And uh, so, like, we had a really quiet day. And then, yeah, like I said to my cousins, like, my God, just make sure you're, like, praising, praising, praising in the service. It was an amazing service. They told so many stories. It was really beautiful. It was very sad, obviously, but there was Mm -hmm. so much love because everyone, you know, and it was just, wow. okay, praise Mm -hmm. is helps us process grief, you know, praising the thing that we love. It helps us process it. That is such a great tip that I don't know if I've ever really put that together before you know it's not mine it's not mine I learned this off so my good. you know uh Francis Bella Martin Pratel Stephen okay. Jenkinson all these people I've been sort of reading and studying and oh. doing stuff because yeah because I do grief work obviously so yeah, for sure to be able to put that knowledge mm. into practice and go oh, okay that's what I'm gonna do that's beautiful I could feel the and energy let myself shift. feel it yeah. yeah 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 and the heaviness it? moves yeah it, just it moves right yeah. Yeah, would you say, um, I know in my own practice, I bring a lot of my strong emotions, all of them, <laughs> into my sensual practice, into my sensual movement, into my sensual breath work. Um, do you feel like there's a correlation um, between, and this is kind of a segue into elderhood in the terms of like, um, in a way, being of service, but from that embodied, fed, abundant place? Um yeah, it just feels like sensuality has a part to play as well as emotion. I, I think so. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I, yes, is the answer. And I guess <laughs> just to, you know, you, as you and I have said, everything kind of gets wrapped up. Yeah. And it, it can feel like, you know, and, and I just want to say there's a lot of people that get depression and anxiety during the perimenopause, menopause time. and a lot of it is a lot of this stuff that we're talking about that and I've had anxiety like postmenopausal anxiety when I just had a whole lot of stuff happen at the start of the year at the same time and I got really overwhelmed and I did breath work. It took me eight weeks. I, I'm a swimmer so I was swimming more than I normally do because mm. the breathing and the swimming I find real and the, I find water really grounding yeah. So the breathing was really good to regulate my autonomic mm. nervous system and just slow down my work a lot mm-hmm. yeah. and took a lot of time for myself. Mm-hmm. But I think the thing with the senses, and this is where sensuality is incredible, is 
our five senses are the language of our nervous system, okay? So it goes into that unconscious part of the body, the primal part of the body. So anything, any sensuality practice, they nourish us on a very primal level. It's, it's, it. <laughs> it's, you know, there's no words there to express what we're feeling when yeah. we nourish ourselves with our sensuality. We are generating more life force energy mm-hmm. when we do it. Mm-hmm. We are connecting with the unconscious parts of ourselves. I think it helps us unwind stuff that's packed away in there. Same, yeah. It helps us connect with our emotions because that's the limbic part of the brain as well. And it just helps us, you know, we don't have to have words for everything yeah. that's going on in us. Yeah. And so, yeah, you can process a lot of emotional stuff by just the sensation the Mm -hmm. images, the behaviour, the way our body wants to move, you know, like when we're doing these sensuality practices like, oh, I'm noticing my pelvis wants to move in a particular way and what if I just gently go with that intuitive, you know, that Mm -hmm. feeling and what what might happen and trusting that my body knows how to look after itself, okay, if I learn to Mm -hmm. listen to it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then sometimes meaning comes up for us, right? Like we go through and like, oh, I get it. Yes. You get these downloads, right? Yeah. 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 So that's meaning, right? The meaning making Mm -hmm. or like, you know, um, for example, I sometimes when I'm doing somatic work or breath work or any sensuality practice, I have this like image of a lemon tree come up you know and so like one of my somatic teachers when I remember talking to her she's like well, what does that mean for you and I was like well you know for me with lemon trees they're like strong and hardy like it's hard to kill them really they they smell really good there's a freshness to them like I love the smell of lemons there's something like really hopeful yeah. and mm. you know but also like lemon juice is like super cleansing for your body like yeah. lemon juice in the morning so for me that meaning is like all good stuff okay there's a strength there, there's a freshness there, there's like hopefulness. So sometimes we just have images like that comes yeah. up and it just it just might mean something to us. It might might not mean something to someone else and that's totally okay. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think sensuality <laughs> has so many benefits mm. and it's just how we experience the world. It's how we take in the world. It just yeah. connects us with that really mm-hmm. primal basic part of our humanity. It totally makes sense, right? And I, I feel like it connects me to um, the, just the beauty of nature more too, just being more yeah, aware. Yeah, because you of, connect with yeah, your life force. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and when we're aware of our life force energy, we notice it everywhere around us. We mm-hmm. notice it in trees, in butterflies, mm-hmm. in, you know, it's really interesting, Diane. When I was going through my chemo treatment, mm-hmm. I... It's hard, you know, it's cold in winter. So one of the drugs that I was on made me really hypersensitive to cold. So I'd have to walk around with like 38 layers of clothing on when I went outside, only three. But um, (laughs) so I, one of the things I did is like I'm going to connect to my senses every day, like in a pleasure-oriented way. So whether it was through eating something really delicious or listening to music, moving my body really slowly to music, I could have, like, I was tired a lot, going for walks in nature. I live on the river. 
in Melbourne. It's really beautiful. It's a lot of bird life. I hear a lot of bird song every morning. Mm. Uh, and so my husband and I, like, just gradually over this six-month period, like, we're observing people's gardens and noticing stuff. And it, there's something that's going through autumn, winter, spring, which is when I was doing my treatment, really lovely about noticing the flowers in the garden, what they were, where they grew, what temperature, when they, like, we've, that's, I'm already into gardens. He got even more into it. Mm. And the, noticing their, the life, like the beauty of, oh, the leaves are falling off. And then, okay, it's quiet. And, oh, did you notice the buds are coming out on that particular Judas tree that we love? And mm-hmm. yeah, just there was something really nourishing and grounding for me around noticing that and then also as I finished my treatment springtime about six weeks later my life force energy came back and I noticed it I knew exactly when for two reasons so when you're sick dogs are really attracted to me I'm more of a cat person right so the dogs were hanging out with me all the time so all of a sudden dogs started ignoring me again I'm like okay my body's getting ready (laughs) like that's a good sign (laughs) that's a good sign second thing I had a level of awareness. It was like I was high-definition sensual awareness. Wow. It was incredible for about three days, and I just said, oh, my God, this is better than any drugs I've ever taken. Wow. In my 20s, um, (laughs) smell, sight, taste, feel it pumping through my body. It was amazing. And I think because I do a lot of sensuality practices like you, I was so tuned into it. Yeah, I feel so high I could literally float off the ground right now. Oh wow, that is beautiful, Kelly. Oh, I feel that my heart. It was cool. Yeah, Yeah, it was really cool experience. I was like, oh, this is amazing. But felt it pumping through. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, wow, what a beautiful story. Well, gosh, there's so many things I would love to talk to you about, but I guess we should probably wrap it up um, (laughs) at some point. I would love it. I know you're. You are an avid reader as well as an avid gardener. Um, maybe take One a my moment. my favorites. Do you have a few favorites you'd like to share? That I've read at the moment. Oh, my God, mm-hmm. I've got so many. What have I? Um, so I've just read or I'm in the process of reading Gabor Mate's newest book. I've forgotten the title. What is his new book? Oh, Everything... Anyway, it's really good. So it's basically around the cultural narrative on culture. Um, I've been reading a lot of Francis Weller's work this year. So his book on grief I think is lovely. Mm -hmm. Um, I will tell. Make sure we link all these in the show notes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, What else am I? um, And if you're into... um, I do want to mention one that I think is really good for women. So there's, um, I read a really good book by someone I know in Australia called Felice Jacker, Brain Changer. So she does a lot of research. She's a uh, professor in the School of Psychiatry in Deakin University in Melbourne, but she's world leader in understanding the impact of diet on food and mood. So I think this is really good for midlife women. Yeah. Particularly who, if you're dealing with anxiety and depression, this is totally mm. where Felice's sweet spot is. And she runs the Food and Mood Centre at Deakin University. Wow. So she's done world 
groundbreaking research on the impact of diet on our food and mood. So read Brain Changer. It's a great book. She's really funny. I know her personally. Um, It Mm -hmm. is a really easy conversational style that she writes in and she has lots of um, recipes at the back. Oh, perfect. But it's just basically like, okay, Mm -hmm. if you... You know, it does it does impact on us. The food we eat, there's the sensual power of food as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's yeah, a really, wow. really, really great contribution. Oh, definitely. It's worth reading. <laughs> that, so, yeah. that has to get into my library for sure. <laughs> oh, well, Kelly, it has been so great to have you here and you're just a wealth of knowledge and wisdom. And um, yeah, so thank you so much for taking the time and and coming on to the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. And yeah, like you and I could just talk all day, couldn't we? Oh, I know. We'll have to we'll have to do it again <laughs> for sure. <laughs> There's a lot we didn't get to cover, so we'll come back. <laughs> all right, love. Thanks so much. Thank Take you. care. Thanks so much for tuning in. And if you're resonating with what I'm sharing here on the show, I have a free offer that I think you're going to absolutely love. It's called Shakti Core Breathwork Journeys. This is a free membership. And when you sign up, you'll get instant access to a whole bunch of content on how to really use the power of your breath to get a deeper embodiment of your sacred feminine energy. So this is definitely a feminine spiritual practice. So I have a whole bunch of content for you. When you join, you can learn all about the breath and how I use it in my work to really support women in opening to more pleasure, right? Really um, coming into a space of being able to receive more pleasure, a deeper connection to sensuality, and um, how to really open and express more of your own unique beauty, your unique radiance, your light, and you get a deeper connection on how to use the breath to connect more deeply to your desires, your passion, and the full range of your emotional palette, and also your unique expression of love. So if that speaks to you, I would absolutely love to see you in there. I'm stoked to share the content with you, but even more than that, I'm really excited to guide you on live breathwork journeys, which will be happening twice a month in that space. So the link is in the show notes to sign up. I hope to see you there. And if you have a woman or women in your life that you know would benefit from what I'm sharing here on the show, please, sharing is caring. So pass it on. I would so appreciate that. All right. That's all for now. I'll catch you next time. Take care.